Well, welcome everyone to uh, the glorious Melbourne Recital Centre. Uh, my name is Lauren Taylor. I'm a broadcaster and DJ on Melbourne's Triple R FM, where I co-present the station's new music show, Breaking and Entering, on a Thursday with uh, my co-host Simon Winkler. Uh, this In Conversation event tonight at Melbourne Recital Centre is made possible by uh, the Amplify program and tonight we're going to be chatting to my very talented three guests sitting next to me who I'll introduce in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be chatting all about their new collaborative work called Like Running Water, which is an exclusive one-off uh, performance, one not only at uh, Melbourne Recital Centre as part of Melbourne Festival that's happening on Friday, October 20, exploring themes of water and also uh, the deconstruction of pop music in a multi-sensory performance. And tonight you're going to hear insights into the creative process behind this exciting new show, as well as musings on the careers of my three guests who I'll introduce to you now. Uh, right next to me here, I have uh, the wonderful Ella Thompson, uh, lead singer and writer for acts such as GL and Dorsal Fins, uh, as well as having your own very uh, prominent solo career. Ella is, of course, a very uh, rich and powerful vocalist, as you just heard then and has assembled her ultimate supergroup for this performance <laughs> with the two guests sitting next to me. I have uh, in the middle uh, Sui Chen, and uh, I was very um, happy to see on the Melbourne Festival website you were listed as a creative shapeshifter. I love that. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> as well as a, a concert moogist. We'll get to that at some point during the chat. Uh, Sui Chen is the alias of Melbourne-based musician and producer Becky Sui Chen, through which Becky generates colourful, surreal and staged landscapes that allow her take on pop music to sit within its own uncanny terrain. And down the end, I have uh, the lovely Cleo Renner, who is a keyboardist, vocalist and songwriter from Melbourne. Uh, in her sessional career, she plays keys for the house band in uh, the SBS TV show Rockwiz and is also compiling a large body of work for her solo project, Cleo. Can you please put your hands together and make our guests welcome this evening? There might be some time at the end for audience questions as well, if anyone has any. Uh, thank you. Uh, we, so we, I guess we'll start, we're gathered here at the Melbourne Recital Centre in the glorious Salon. Ella, a place, I know you, you've performed at Melbourne Recital Centre previously, I think with Tim Rogers and the Bamboos, but I recently learned that you used to work behind the bar here at Melbourne <laughs> Recital Centre. Apparently this new project, Like Running Water, grew out of a chance meeting while you were working here. Can you talk us through that faithful moment for you? Yeah, it's true. I was um, in my apron and taking out the bins or a trolley or something and um and Kirsten <laughs> approached me with her card and um said she wanted to do something and I I thought she had the wrong person and then we had a coffee and talked about it and then it's resulted in this so yeah it's really um it's happening it's happening <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about the origins of uh, the project a bit later, but this in-conversation event tonight is part of uh, the Recital Centre series talking about music, so we're going to also go a bit deeper, I guess, into what makes music work and the effect it has on our mind and well-being. There's a bunch of topics I'd like to cover with you all, but... Um I guess maybe we'll go back, you know, even further. I'd like to speak with you all about, you know, your history and relationship with this core idea and, and image and the theme of water. You know, some people are, I don't know, scared of uh, the water, you know, shivering through their, their swimming lessons and others can't wait to jump into the waves at the beach or, or learn how to surf. Ella, you grew up 
in Warrandyte in Victoria, surrounded by creeks, you know, the Mullum Mullum Creek, Jumping Creek and the Yarra River. Did they sort of feature prominently in your childhood or what are your earliest memories of water? Yeah, absolutely. And I was um, born in Ballingen with the Never Never Creek at the bottom of where we lived. So, um, yeah, water's always been, you know, a place of serenity and reflection and um, somewhere to chill (laughs) but uh yeah um you know I remember from I guess it's just in your subconscious of um being a child and being in the water hole and the protective nature of that and um also coming together in a body of water and it being an equalizer and um yeah just everyone getting together over of that do you feel like I don't know maybe directly or or indirectly you're bringing some of those associations from childhood childhood to this project like running water yeah absolutely um also a Scorpio which is a water Mm -hmm. sign (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah (laughs) um I guess yeah fluidity and the meditative nature of water um was was it at the heart of what this project is. And, um, you know, it's really just a structure for something that we could all collaborate on. It was more, I, you know, wanted to make a new work and work with these people and um, what is uh, something that we can all kind of have some, I'm sure we all have some relationship to water and I certainly do personally. Um, But, yeah, it's a lot of uh, improvisation and I guess, like, with water, it being something that, um, uh, you know, takes whatever structure it's given um, and how we live within those structures and um, how creativity starts with an impulse and then is is given more of a structure later on. Mm. Becky, you grew up in Sydney, the, the harbour city. What are your connections to water? I love Sydney. Um, I, I feel comfortable saying I love Sydney now that I've lived in Melbourne for almost seven years because I used to pretend that I didn't love it as much. Anyway, I, I, I think that, yeah, I have so many associations with growing up with water and I have um, Malaysian heritage and my cousins who grew up in Malaysia don't really get taught to swim. They don't have the same relationship to the ocean as... Um, as Australians do. Australians, like, brought up with, like, you can enter that and uh, you can swim in it and you can even surf it. Whereas, like, Malaysia, it's like, yeah, maybe there's fish in there. You're going to eat those fish. And um, that's about it. So, like, it's very... And then I had another cultural upbringing. Um, My stepmother was Lebanese. So I had all these weird different things to negotiate within my own, um, you know, coming to being comfortable with something like, like swimming. And I absolutely love swimming now. And... I'm kind of a bit of an obsessed water person, actually, which is nothing to do beyond this project. And only when these questions came was I like, I think I'm actually really obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) I am the kind of person that walks along a stream and searches for fish constantly, even if it's like the Mary Creek. I'll be like, maybe I'll see something. A shark? I don't know. So I (laughs) I kind of love... And I love under the sea. I've always thought that, um, you know, I'm not going to be an astronaut, but maybe, like underwater I can like tackle scuba diving and like that's like kind of alien life form that I can feel uh some connection to an otherworldly experience that's totally a weird tangent but yeah it goes (laughs) deep I I love I love the water theme 
I didn't grow up in Sydney. <laughs> Where did you grow up, Cleo? <laughs> I grew up in Clifton Hill. <laughs> how, did, how did your own experience with water sort of first inform your impressions of, of this project? Uh, of this project? Yeah. Um, well, like, I guess I grew up also at the end of the street from the Merry Creek, but <laughs> I reckon my strongest, my strongest memories of water is probably, like you said before, swimming lessons. Um, and I used to have swimming lessons at the Collingwood Leisure Centre, which was an indoor pool. I just remember just being like, it was just like such an intense sensory experience going to an indoor pool. It's like you walk in and the heat is full on, it's like the smell is full on, it's just like full on. <laughs> and then not only that, like the actual like idea of the swimming lessons is also full on because you have to just like swim in front of all your peers and then like be judged and then you get put into your groups. It's awful. <laughs> but it's like you have that same sort of like, I used to get like performance anxiety, I guess and I was always in the worst group. Um, so when Ella came to me with this project and she mentioned it was at the recital centre, I guess I could relate to having that like, performance anxiety thing of like, holy shit, I'm like, yeah, that's great, of course, I'm in, totally. Yeah, the recital <laughs> centre. But then like, oh, I'm, te I'm totally terrified. But then as soon as we started working together, it was just like those feelings just totally dissipated and they're just easy and it's been fun. And so, but yeah, I reckon that's <laughs> sort of it. Well, I guess, you know, not to get too metaphorical, but in all the arts and, and sciences, sciences there's, there's so many deep connections between creativity and, and water. And I guess people talk of drawing from the wellspring of ideas. Um, David Lynch even talks about catching ideas like they were elusive fishes. Are these sort of images that you can all relate to as artists and writers and performers? How do you describe what you're doing or feeling when you're engaged in creating, Ella? Um, well, yeah, I'm really interested in, like, surrealism and, you know, creating an alternate universe when you create a performance. And I guess, like, going into water and, and that other gravity that it gives you and how it changes your the way you hear things and your sight and your, your taste and um, all of that kind of gets turned upside down. And so, and especially with Prue and Honey's work as well, the visual artists that are collaborating on the show, you know, their work is very surreal and they create another world. Um, and for me personally, when when I perform, it's like I I can't remember what's happened. It's sort of like a a blackout mm. zone. Like you've entered into this other ether, and then you'll come back when it's finished. <laughs> So, yeah. I've, I've interviewed a lot of um, musicians who talk about, you know, creating music and they go into this trance-like state where it's almost like meditation. Yeah. Do you guys feel that? Totally. And that's where we want to get with the music. I guess um, coming from like an improvisation background as well, sort of um, a lot of the composition comes from from improvising where you are sort of going with your flow of thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, trying to kind of govern that into a structure of music. So you kind of get excited by the um, impulse of making something and then you've got to put in the hard work of figuring it out and then you get excited again. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I guess to, to sort of take this idea slightly further, you know, many see swimming in water as this great sort of metaphor 
for life. I'm going to quote Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, who once said, (laughs) this I've known forever is the great metaphor of life. Move with the flow. Don't fight the current. Resist nothing. Let life carry you. Don't carry it. Sometimes we just have to be reminded. A swim lesson did it for me. How much can you relate to that? Is like running water, I guess, a good image to keep in mind when when making new works? Becky? Um, Yes, sure. Uh, Actually, it's funny because a lot of that Oprah Winfrey quote kind of thing, I I studied martial arts, I still kind of study martial arts, but like the whole Bruce Lee, he'd be like the water kind of thing. I don't know if people are familiar with this, but anyway, so like when you talk martial arts and any kind of like practice with your body... um, you're taught for like efficiency of movement and of, of I guess your own energy, it's like about harnessing your chi. And you know, whatever you take from that, some people go into that situation and they're like they think too much. But I guess it's more about going with the heart, maybe, and not the head, so that you're like just going with the feeling. And um, you know, it's how how hard is it to explain when you know a song is finished? You're like, yeah, it's done. Yeah. But like, if you were to tell someone, and someone asks you. Uh, can you tell me how to finish a song? And you're like, well, okay, so it's going to feel like something's finished. <laughs> and like, how do you kind of describe that feeling? But I guess, um, yeah, I think if I were to look back and think about the little stuff that I've made or wanted to make and didn't make, I would say that if I had just trust that instinct more, I would never regret it. I'd never regret looking back on the things I made based on my instincts. But if I had thought too much about it, then I'd probably regret those things. So I think, yeah, trying to just go with the flow of what you're feeling is probably your body telling you that that's the right thing to do. You've all... Great answers, by the way. You've <laughs> all um, come to this performance and uh, this talk today from, from different places and I guess it would be great to hear from all of you <laughs> <laughs> about your individual practices. How, you know, how is Like Running Water an extension of your work and your lives before this? Your turn. <laughs> Hello. Um, well, I I'm like a, was originally a classically trained piano player and, I went, and a singer. And I went to VCA and I studied how to improvise. And, um, yeah, I love doing that. And that sort of, like, was what my bag was. Um, but I was also always writing songs, like pop songs, and performing those, I guess. And this project has been so cool because it's just been, like, all of those three things, like the classical training, the improv, and the pop song stuff, all in like one hit, and like I kind of like guess sort of channeled that in my writing as well. Like just talking about the improv thing before, um, it's like all of those, all the piano pieces that are, you know in the show you should come to the show. By the way, <laughs> um, they all started as like long improvs, and then yeah, you have to sort of like be a bit disciplined and like structure it so it's like you got to manipulate things like cut things out put into a structure so it's just like relative and that's I guess the relation between that and water I guess is kind of like pouring water like into a jug like the natural state of water is just like totally dependent on whatever the external environment is and like improv is the same thing you're just like playing what you're playing in the moment and then you like manipulate it so it fits a certain structure and that's just kind of like exactly what this project has been. It's just been like train of thought, train of thought, train of thought, train of thought, cut, 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 pace, 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 pace. And we've got these awesome songs that just like exude our personalities in such an awesome way and it fits together so beautifully. So, yeah, that's 
thrilled. <laughs> Do you all feel the same way? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like some of the songs just came so so quickly and, and um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, we were just saying before that I've never really written songs like this before. So um, I guess with, with the performance in mind from the beginning, um, I love the piano and how much dynamic range and how much, yeah, versatility it has. Um, but being able to play in a space where you can hear that and people are listening and um, you're not eliciting a response of dance or, you know, um, so you can explore those sort of sonic possibilities. Mm. Yeah, I think I've enjoyed watching, like, even today we had the rehearsal here and like Ella, was, you were singing really quietly at one point and I really wanted to join in and do a harmony, but it was so quiet that I couldn't join in because it was like <laughs> I was going to be like just too loud but that just speaks for the music um being that like yeah um both of us have experience and probably you too in in kind of like performing in other projects that are much more like um dance or like club oriented or, or basically just more like a party vibe and um <laughs> and it's it's like not the 100% always mood that you're in, but you end up playing a lot of shows in that type of headspace. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm dishonest because I will be about to go on stage and there's, like, young people having a big night and I'm like, I really just want to read my book. Or maybe <laughs> I want to watch something on, in bed. And, like, and then I'm going to give these people their big night. But that's something's amiss there. Yeah. So it's kind of like... What Cleo was saying about, oh, this is the first project she's been able to bring all the, of that stuff together. I think for me too, it's like nice to have play like synths and other things in, in like this, I guess, more traditional or classical context and then being able to bring it into like an le electronic vibe. And there's, there is a moment where it feels like kind of almost like dance music. And then, and it's, it's nice to do that. And all of those things feel really natural and, and organic. But I felt like in previous projects I've been like, you know, like kept within those limits of whatever, um, whatever that project is meant to do for the audience. So we've all probably enjoyed, I think, taking people on a journey rather than just being like, you are going to get this kind of thing and mm -hmm. that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess... Yeah, just on that, I guess in, in addition to the water theme, a key aspect of this project is that deconstructing pop music. Mm. Can, you, can you explain a little bit more about what that means and how is it achieved? Do you sort of see the boundaries of, of pop music being quite fluid? Yeah, well, I guess um, even starting with a performance format is quite different. Usually you write a song, record it, uh, release it tour it in a single or album format um, and this has been to make a performance so it doesn't have those um, you know is this a single that everyone knows or or those kinds of things so you can um, try out some different stuff that will work in in that sort of space that people are there to mm. listen so um yeah, I no guess one's going to know any of the songs. <laughs> I just realised that. Like, no one's going to be sitting there going, "Yeah, play the, play the hit, play the song," because no one's going to know. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah, I guess like I think with the deconstructing thing, I guess it's more like staying in one moment for a while rather than trying to like do it pop 
these days tends to do, which is like cram everything that you can possibly do into one song, and then I'm gonna make a big change, and it's gonna be a big drop. And like, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm not criticizing. I'm just, you know, there's there's things that happen, and when you're making pop music, you follow that and you respond to it. But it's nice to kind of sit outside and just hang in the kind of more mellow moments for a bit longer. Or, um, yeah, I guess it's more like, you know, if you were like a painter or something, you would be able to just do a whole series of like this kind of mood. And as a musician, I feel like sometimes in within the pop context, you feel like, oh, no, I have to move on and add all these other different feelings to this album so yeah. that everyone ticks all these boxes. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, like an ephemeral piece. Like it lasts for the moment that you're sitting mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It's like Snapchat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we, we mentioned at the start, you know, this conversation is part of uh, the series talking about music, which is partly about what, you know, uh, makes music work and the effect that it has on our minds and well-being. And I guess I'd like to break that down with you a little bit more and sort of discuss each part of, of that statement. Um, firstly, how music works. Uh, those three words actually form the title of a book written by uh, Talking Heads, David Byrne, which some of you may have read. Uh, his opening chapter looked at how music has evolved in response to different environments. For instance, um, music that works well in outdoor settings, all the way through to cathedrals and headphones. And we're here, you know, in Melbourne Recital Centre. How do you make music work in this specific environment? Does it does it present you know any um, unique challenges or any opportunities? Yeah, well, um, I think from the beginning the the choice of instrumentation to make it something that's um, fairly minimal, and um, yeah, letting each instrument be heard and uh, um, yeah, that played a big part in what I wanted to do to begin and with. I, I think the Elizabeth Myrtle call, I could be wrong, but I think it was like it's designed for mainly acoustic yeah. instruments, I think, but this is like predominantly an electronic set, so that's a huge challenge for us, like, mm. you know, making it sound not too washy and, and balanced and also having the one acoustic... Oh, no, we've got, other, we've got a string quartet as well. <laughs> so there are, there are, you know, acoustic <laughs> elements, but just like bringing those two components together and making sure that they're balance and there's symmetry in the sound and that that that's sort mm. of like pleasing it's not often that you'll be able to play like when i mentioned about being quiet before it's not often that you're able to like do really quiet performances and um just because there's so much other stuff in the space it's like not really serving the performance like there's a bar there with people having drinks and chatting and transactions being made or whatever mm. so you're performing like and there's all this other stuff happening but you know this is a sp- space specifically designed just for performance so we can really be more dynamic and um the strings i really love the blend of the strings and the synthesizer it's kind of like um because you know synth this analog synth so it's doing its own thing i mean to an extent and it's really nice to hear that kind of those two meet in in a not like a, um, a force kind of way it still feels kind of organic and stuff so yeah i don't think that would be possible like you wouldn't get a string quartet and, and like do that in, like, I don't know, the tote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how the concert Mugist <laughs> title exactly. developed? That's Cleo said that. I just <laughs> chose it and stuck because I was like, yeah, because I was like, I don't know what to play in this song. And then I'm like, she's like, just play a, a B. I'm like, and then I just fil- change the filter. <laughs> 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 it's low key like Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Sitting up really straight and and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just like writing one thing. Like, 
and like the slightest change and everyone's like, that sounds really good. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, things that you wouldn't get to hear in another environment. But also bringing that space into like a contemporary environment too. Like contemporary music is, you know, you can listen to it in all its layers. It's not, it's not just uh, classical composers that... Totally. Yeah. Hmm. When uh, you sort of say Like Running Water is this multi sensory, multi-dimensional performance. What do you mean by that? Are we talking sort of sound, visual and scent? The scent? Well, we did want to do scent, but... no scent. Logistically, it was a little hard. It's a big room. Yeah, it's a big room. But also, you know, I feel like, you know, lots of the lyrics are written about elemental spirits and sirens and... I feel like the female energy of this performance is uh, is very fluid and it up for being up for discussion and and challenge and I feel like there's been lots of awesome conversations being had around that, um, which has really sort of made it come full circle. Excellent. I guess to look at the second part of the phrase, you know, the effect music has on our mind and well-being, you know, water is, of course, essential to life. Do you all see music in the same way? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I can't imagine not having music. But, like, music, it's so nice because, um, you know, you can connect with so many different people, different backgrounds, different experiences over music. It's the kind... It doesn't have to be... uh, it doesn't rely on language. It relies on some kind of emotional response to sounds. And um, I really think, I don't know, I think most humans will be able to respond to music. It's like, And particularly, I don't know, I think there's a lot of power in instrumental music these days. And people also, I feel like the political climate, you want to hear something that makes you feel something right now. You don't really... Like, there was a period of people being really ironic in there, in, in pop music anyway, and in particularly in the scenes that we're all kind of connected to as well. Um, you're constantly in a dialogue with, like, the music industry and the scene. And it's, like, just really refreshing to be able to express ourselves and, um, and do it in a way that's considered and... Um, hopefully share that kind of sensation that we got from making it. Yeah. Whereas, um, yeah, I think that can get a bit diffused or something when you're overproducing something for a recorded format, for an industry, for it to be a product, for it to sell records and stuff. But because we're making something for performance, we can try and bring it back to that emotional connection level. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... Well, I just um, Back to your question, I think it's kind of it would be difficult for people to say that they didn't have some kind of emotional response to music so yeah it's definitely a big part of my I don't know everyday life about you Cleo I just I don't know anything anything to add to that (laughs) do you see it as a a form of of therapy in a way uh absolutely I think that like when writing lyrics and um melodies it's sort of you know I just whatever comes out and I'll just put the mic on and and then go through it and and you know I'll pick out words or phrases and and think like was I actually thinking that was that just did that just come out did that mean anything maybe it did mean something maybe that's what I actually felt and it just came out and um 
so yeah, it's I wouldn't know myself without music. I guess I've been like playing music since I was four years old or something. Like it's it's so much a part of who I am. So um, and you you I mean it's like a growing process. You often get stuck or I've run out of ideas or. You know, I go through that all the time. <laughs> but, um, but even like overcoming yeah. that thing, like the writer's block thing is like a pretty powerful thing to just sort yeah. of like change your brain and be like, okay, well now I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this music making thing from a disciplined approach now rather than just like an emotional thing. Yeah. Like that's pretty amazing and a growing kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and to mm. kind of have both sides of it. Like if, if I'm getting stuck emotionally, then I can approach it through a disciplined yeah. uh, response or vice versa um and also a collaborative response like sometimes you know I can play piano but I can't play harmonically like Cleo can and and the melodies that come out of me when I can respond to what Cleo does or production wise with Becky you know sometimes I get stuck and and then I hear what Becky does so it's been yeah it's kind of on on to what you're saying about lyrics like just when you were like do I feel that or did I just say that it's really funny like I feel like you probably did feel that thing (laughs) instead but um sometimes with songwriting and music making you express something and you're just like yeah whatever and you just like I just did that yes nothing and then a year later you'll be like wow I was really like subconsciously or unconsciously processing that like really complicated emotional thing look back on a song that you wrote like a couple of years ago and you're just like oh my god that's so like poignant about that time and I didn't even realize it's amazing yeah so I think maybe if as therapy it is totally but um I think sometimes it's it can you gotta have a balance still like sometimes you can just pour yourself into music making and then forget to actually just like deal with the stuff that you're meant to be dealing with um and just put it all into music and you're like hey I made all like 50 songs <laughs> like or something <laughs> like that <laughs> and um I'm really tired now but uh yeah so I think it's a it's lot it can be very unconscious and maybe it if more people grew up uh, in their upbringing had some time to connect with instruments or music process then that might be a healthy way to have a lifestyle like that alongside exercise or other things yeah and totally and I mean it's all circumstance and resource and you know certain amount of uh privilege to say like I'm a musician and I'm gonna do this thing you know it's it's pretty amazing but as a it's also like a way out of your circumstance like I don't I don't know how what else to do like this is the only <laughs> skill I've got Me too. I, I thought about this actually the other week I was talking to my mum and I was like oh, man, like, if this music thing doesn't work out, I think the only other skill I have is driving. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at Uber's new well, campaign... There we go. <laughs> you, could, you could drive an Uber that's, like, just Cleo-themed and just piano music and, like, take people on a journey. <laughs> you on a journey. We are running out of time as well. I didn't realise we only have ten minutes left. I wanted to ask you uh, quickly about collaboration because... Uh, this is the first time you've all worked with uh, each other. I guess taking, you know, that metaphor of water again uh, to your working relationships, how do the ideas sort of flow between you? Was it, was it a calm stream or was there, you know, rocky rapids? Um, 
I've got I've got a million of them. <laughs> Water <laughs> references. <laughs> Any challenges along the way? Or? Um. Well, you know, it's hard to know how. Like you, you say, hey, do you want to be a part of this thing? Um, <laughs> contribute what you can in your life at at the time that you can, and everyone's got different touring schedules and yeah. all that sort of thing. So I guess like. Claire was like, I'm going to write this stuff now because I'm going on tour for two months. And Becky was like... I'm on tour. (laughs) And I was like, well, this is my entire life. So I'll work with you guys. But it was kind of... It's funny. It was very organic. I think it was... Personally, it was kind of challenging at first. And I really wanted to do the best or like um, put a lot of myself into the project. But um, I guess we're all kind of storytellers in our own right because we each have a songwriting practice that we that we put time into and not every kind of collaborative musical um, project is like that. You have people that are more used to doing like um, like a supporting role or just being given instructions, like more maybe like a classical musician will be used to giving, get, uh, getting, um, you know, their music and they just read it and sight read and perform that. But it, I guess it organically became this thing where there were parts and the parts were like, this is Cleo's part. <laughs> this is what, and then we add to that, and then the middle part ended up, you know, after Cleo had written her parts, I was like, crap, I gotta f- write my stuff now. And so, like, <laughs> I I spent more time, and I wanted to be a counter to Cleo's part because I wanted to kind of go as far in the other other direction as as it could go. And so then that, and then we also had we had a lot of Ella's music to reference and to kind of yeah. the whole way through it. So. Um, and then there's some of your and my songs that sound kind of similar anyway, which I think that, that, that then we kind of like merged together and then um, Ella wrote um, vocals for one of the, this instrumental track I wrote. I was like, oh, I really like this track now. And like, and now it feels like that feels like a true collaboration, which was really exciting. So it's been pretty organic. I think in the time that we've had, we've really like learnt about each other. And, you know, there's like these, but there are three kind of just, or, three, four distinct kind of sections. And if we were to do another project, maybe it would be more merged or, or maybe not. But um, it kind of organically became like that because I guess we each have a, a voice, like a musical voice that we could express. But the road to it, like given the nature of the project and how these could, things could go, it was like much better than like, you know, some bands that you're in, you're just passively sitting in for a really long time being like, I'm not expressing myself and it's been three years or something, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and that sometimes in a band construct can be really a difficult dynamic to get out of because we were like, no, well, we each kind of just voiced, I want to say this, I want to do this. Yeah. And it, yeah. It I works. guess, yeah, I, uh, I don't know if you, at the Listen um, conference and I was talking about like, you know, next time I do, my next record or whatever, I really want to work with um, female instrumentalists and um, celebrate that as a part of it. And But the problem was that everyone is an artist in their own right and they all have their own practice and they want to be doing that. <laughs> and then someone was like, well, you've just got to make a super group. I was like, well, yeah, I guess I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, not to just so get... Sentimental, <laughs> but I reckon before I honestly before I came into this project, like I'm, like a, I guess a session musician by trade, and that's how I really saw myself. Like you know, you play in other people's bands, and it's always a job. You learn the shit, you go, you rehearse, and you get paid. But I, and I've but I've always written music, but it's 
sort of almost been like a hobby or something but like since working with these guys and like writing together I've just like finally like oh, I feel like an artist like a, a true artist and it's just been so I feel so blessed. You are clean. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Getting all woman She's wearing those earrings. You should get a look at them. Um, we probably have time for some audience questions out there. If anyone has any, if not, oh yes. Um, hi, um, my name is Di Roll, and I have to admit that I'm doing publicity for these fabulous <laughs> women. <laughs> And I just want to acknowledge you for your self-expression. It's just fabulous. I mean, I come from a generation which we were not allowed to self-express. And, you know, we had to put the lid on it and uh, certainly not show our feelings. I mean, I'm not, it wasn't the 18th century or anything. But to see women of your age just sit there and be totally self-expressive. And I totally get, you know, you work for other musicians and whatever... But I have to share something with you that I am doing publicity with the girls and I've actually got tears in my eyes. I met Ella the other day and I knew I knew you were from somewhere and, of course, <laughs> it was the bar. But... <laughs> <laughs> you were probably one of those people that asked for an extra hot latte. <laughs> but I went home and I thought, I know Ella. But I really wanted to, to understand Ella's head and one of the wonderful things she shared was with me was that she loved St Vincent mm. and I knew of her but I had never really got into her so I went home and I got really into her I played some CDs that I had of hers and I really got you know got what you're doing and of course before I started working with you I knew what you were doing but it gave me a real sense of who you are and ironically she was on Stephen Colbert the other night and she talked about you know, creating herself into St Vincent. And it was wonderful and reminded me. So you've been on my mind constantly. But I just wanted to say just how wonderful you are and how incredibly talented you are and just your authenticity just shines through. And as a publisher, you don't cry very much. (laughs) And you've brought me to tears today, so I can't wait for the performance. So I will be going out and telling everybody about it. So... (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> I feel like on that note, um, uh, I want to thank our uh, amazing, very talented guests uh, today for joining me, Ella Thompson, Sui Chen and Cleo Renner. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you thank all about you. this performance, this one-off performance that is happening at Melbourne Recital Centre as part of Melbourne Festival called Like Running Water, Friday, October 20. Please go and see it. And uh, thank you very much to Melbourne Recital Centre, Melbourne Festival for having us here today. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. <laughs>